It's like some veil just goes, yes, this person's in suffering and I need to show up right now. And it's not what, what I'm dealing with in my story of the confines of the four walls of my head don't really matter right now. Mm -hmm. And I think if we remember that more often than not regularly, we might actually be able to connect a little bit more with each other. What's up, everybody? So... Sometimes I record these intros over and over and over again because I mess up one word or I think everything is perfect and then I jump in and I start editing and I'm like, I totally did not say any of that the right way. Or sometimes my best friend sends me a text message and I could have sworn that all of my information, everything was turned off and yet the ding still happens. So here we are again, and I'm not going to record this again because the that text message literally just came in and dinged. I'm just going to get right to it. This week, I am talking with Antonio Aragona, doctor of Ayurveda. Antonio and I have a lovely conversation about his path, what got him to where he is today in this process. If you are interested in Ayurveda, if you're unsure what Ayurveda is, head to Antonio's website, stillpointayurveda.com. Check out all of the services that he has to offer here in Philadelphia. He is an actual doctor of Ayurveda, and there's a whole big, long process. We kind of chat about that, how he fell, not fell, how he found this journey and how doors just kept opening up for him as he continued to walk in faith following his path. And it's interesting hearing Antonio's story from the beginning, how doors just kind of kept opening. He was, we can say, in the right place at the right time, or he was observing what was going on around him. And I find a lot of times in life, we just roll through life. We're not really paying attention to the signs and the synchronicities. And then when we drop into a practice of yoga and meditation and mindfulness, we actually start to see these signs that have been around us all the time. So it's interesting hearing Antonio's story, how it unfolded. And some may say, oh, everything just kept happening. Or Antonio was in his practice doing what he felt in his heart. He was here and here on this planet to do. And the doors kept opening because he was able to see the doors open. Interesting when you think about it. On the Coffee Talk last week, we talk, I talked a lot about our mind and how we have the same thoughts over and over again. And most of the time, those thoughts are negative thoughts. And yet we just keep having the same thoughts every day. And then we fall into this pattern of doing the same thing over and over again without even realizing that we're doing the same thing over and over again. And I feel that's why it's so important to have a practice, to go see Ayurvedic practitioners, to make sure that we're living the best life that we could possibly be living so we notice all of the signs and synchronicities that are around us so we make the most out of this precious life that we've been given. So it's a really fun conversation. I'm going to have Antonio on again so we can dive deeper into Ayurveda and some tips and tricks for all of us to use in our everyday life. But before we jump into the episode, a couple updates from our sponsor, me, Joe Longo. Um, if you want to practice Kundalini Yoga with me, you can every Wednesday night at Yoga Brain in East Falls from 6 to 7 p.m. On Friday, December 13th, I'm teaching a two-hour workshop at Yoga Brain in East Falls called The Heart is a Magnet. And we're going to be focusing on our heart center, doing kriyas to open up the heart center, doing meditations to open up our heart center, and to move into a state of elevated emotion. So we feel love, so we feel gratitude, so we can then start attracting into our lives exactly what we want. So we can start seeing those synchronicities that are all around us. On December 21st, I'm hosting a four-hour photo jam 
or photo party, if you will, at the Philadelphia Yoga Exchange. Eric Burling will be there, co-owner of the Yoga Exchange, helping people with alignment. And it's just a fun way for the yoga and fitness world to come out for a couple hours, meet new people, have a lot of fun, and create a couple killer images for you to have for yourself to roll into 2020 with some killer images. And it's the holiday season, so my two biggest sales of the year are about to happen for small businesses and one for individuals. So be on the lookout for that. Subscribe to my newsletter on my website, joelongophotography.com, so you're in the loop and you know everything that is going on. If you enjoy this episode with Antonio, please share it with your friends and like, subscribe, do all that good stuff in the podcast world. It really helps get this podcast out in front of more people. And thank you so much again for being here. I truly appreciate each and every single one of you for tuning in and listening to these conversations. I love doing this. It means the world to me that you are listening and that you are here and that you're getting something from these conversations. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. I truly appreciate each and every single one of you. Now kick back and enjoy this conversation with Antonio. What's up, everybody? I'm Joe Longo. This is the Inspired Creativity Podcast, and I am here today with Antonio Aragona, doctor of Ayurveda. How are you, brother? I am great. Thanks for having me, Joe. Yeah, thank you uh, for for being here. And I feel like I want to catch everyone up on everything that we just... Antonio and I totally just had a conversation that we probably should have just recorded, (laughs) but we just started talking. But we were talking about all the things and about the evolution of our species and um, why I I wanted Antonio to be on. And I'll I'll share with everyone, uh, you know, synchronicities. I talk about it a lot that one day a couple one person reached out was like, hey, do you know anyone that's doing the Ayurveda stuff? And another friend reached out and actually asked if I know Antonio inquiring about him. And I'm like, oh, that dude. Of course, yes. So, literally after those two inquiries, I was like, this is definitely the sign that Antonio should be on chatting. So, all of you out there could know all of the goodness that is right here in our backyard in Philadelphia, in case you want to explore the world of Ayurveda and all that Antonio has to offer. So, that's why we are chatting today with my my friend Antonio. And I probably should have, we can cut this out, um, wanted to ask if it was okay before. I also wanted to ch- chat, like, because I've been noticing the name, we're Antonio, mm-hmm. not Vishnu. Mm-hmm. And I've been noticing a couple people have been dropping the names. And it's interesting to see that wave as well of, as we evolve, like the different versions of us that we go through. How do you feel being just Antonio again? Well, that's, that's the interest. It's actually interesting. You ask it that way with the just Antonio for me, you know, I think at some point it was just Antonio. Mm -hmm. And then when I was given the Vishnu name by Ama, um, then I was like, yes, this gives me some sense of focus and purpose. And she sees my soul. And this is how one of the ways that names are given based on the spiritual traditions, especially out of Hinduism that they give you a name based on how they see your consciousness beyond what other people can see because that's what makes them so deified or guruified. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I had fallen into that sort of, um, we'll say kind of hurting, and we'll probably talk more about it later. But mm-hmm. but it, at that point resonated like, oh, great, this gives me a sense of anchorage since I'm studying yoga and all these um, Vedic philosophies and traditions and systems that it all makes sense. and. Um, and I had that name for probably like, like 15 years or so. And then 
I just sort of kept getting this sort of inner signal, we'll say, that was questioning, like, should I drop Vishnu and just really, um, I guess, rise up more into the expansion of what Antonio is, which can be all of this. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was sort of like one gave to the other. And, you know, some people still call me Vishnu. And I'm like, for me, it's now just like a sense of like, doesn't matter what you call me, (laughs) you know, Mm because it's equally valuable and it might be more valuable to that person that they identify me as that to some degree. But I feel like Vishnu just kind of merged into Antonio. And so Antonio can be the same qualities of Vishnu without the extra without the extra yeah. <laughs> the name thing. Right, right. It's interesting that you say, the way you said that, that Antonio or Vishnu merged into Antonio. Mm-hmm. And in the beginning, it was probably Antonio merging into Vishnu that then merged back into Antonio, the beautiful hero's journey mm-hmm. right there within within your name. Mm-hmm. So let's, let's rewind a little bit. Mm-hmm. Tell, tell us who is... Antonio and the doctor of Ayurveda and how did how did this come into your into your reality Uh, it's a a really open-ended question it's like it's like how did I get where I'm at today baby that's the question in in a way so for so for everyone um, I'm not sure when this it will exactly be released but I've talked to David Newman um, for the podcast and we were reminiscing about yoga on main and how I got my, how it was the introduction to this world of yoga and all of it for me. Um, and that's where we crossed paths where mm-hmm. I, where I met you is that where your start happened, where the holistic world began or was it before that time? It was before that. It was actually when I was an undergrad, I, I was, getting my bachelor's degree in psychology with the the, uh, concentration in psychobiology of mental disorders. And my intention was to become a clinical psychologist. And in my last year of college, um, it was sort of like twofold. One was I had to take an elective Mm -hmm. and my best friend at the time, um, Anjanette, which is, she's still my best friend. I've known her 25 years, basically. She's What's like, up, oh. Anjanette? She's, she's awesome. <laughs> she's amazing anyway. But so she was like, well, you know, she considered me like her little brother and she was like supporting me. And she's like, you have anger issues. I'm like, well, of course, I'm Italian from the Bronx. And growing up in an Italian household with crazy family Italians makes you passionate and angry. She's like, well, you should take yoga. I'm like, what the hell's yoga? Mm-hmm. And I took yoga um, as an elective. And the first day of class, there was like 60 of us in this gym class. And the teacher at the end of the class asked us, after I was doing all these movements with my body that I had never experienced before, the teacher asked us some questions. And one of the questions was, can you guess how old I am? And we thought she was in her 50s. And she's like, I'm 87. And it's like, what? <laughs> You're doing stuff that I can't do. And I was 21. <laughs> wow. And she had this amazing presence and glow to her and this calmness to her. And I was like, I don't know what that is. And on some level, I was like, I want that. Like, I kind of want to experience that. And so um, I studied with her for a year and I was doing the yoga poses. And she was teaching the yoga classes without any names related to any of the poses. She just told us how to go into a pose. Mm -hmm. And so then after I graduated school, uh, and the second full part was um, a class was offering in my psychology course Um, something called Intro to Health Psychology, which is one of the only books remaining from those years. And it was like sort of body-mind connection of psychology. And I was like, this is kind of new. Like, what is this? And I was like, at the end of that class, I was convinced that I didn't want to be a clinical psych at this point. I didn't want to have to deal with manipulating anyone's chemicals to any degree by referring to psychiatrists and doing that whole thing. And so... I was already done with undergrad. I was tired and stressed. I was like, I need to make money. And I just started following this trajectory of like, well, I'm just going to keep doing what I remember from the class of yoga on my own practice time. And then I got into a job. And then and while I was at this job, I was exploring like aromatherapy and Reiki. And my one, Anjanette, said, 
why don't you go get a quick certificate in massage? Because I'd been doing massage for a number of years already. Mm -hmm. She says, just get a quick certificate to legitimize it and you can make money off of it that way. And I was like, sure. <clears throat> so I went to this place in Manhattan, um, being from New York, and I went to this place called the Open Center. They were offering a, a Shiaotzu one-month class, like level one. And I was like, oh, for a week, that's great. You get a certificate saying you complete a level one. <clears throat> and so I was like, I could do that. That's great. It won't interfere with my work and everything else that I'm doing. I completed the class. And then that last day, the teacher handed out a certificate. She's like, well, you know, there's a level two, right? And I was like, how many months is that? She's like, well, it's only six. And I was like, all right, it's only six months. It's fine. And it was not that far from that part of that school. And then I completed that six months. She's like, this is, you can enroll for the whole two-year program. And I was like, I'm already halfway in it. <laughs> I might as well keep going now. This is great. And it kept building. So I ended up enrolling in a two-year program. Following that curiosity of like, I'll just do this four-week thing. Like, mm -hmm. That's sort of how it's always been unfolding for me is that when I didn't really know, something would just slip into my periphery and I'm like, what's this? Mm -hmm. And then here it is like years later. And so I completed the two years. I had an ex that lived in Philly. So I was coming to Philly often. And as that schooling was completing at the same time, 9-11 happened at the same time. And I was in New York when 9-11 happened. Mm -hmm. And so all I knew was I couldn't wait to get out of New York as quickly as possible. And then I moved to Philly a few months later. And then a few months after that, you know, um, I wanted to take yoga teacher training, but I had left New York with like certification in Shiatsu and certification in Reiki and certification in aromatherapy. And I had exposure to Zen Buddhist meditation, macrobiotics, Tai Chi, Qigong and regular massage therapy and Thai body work. Mm -hmm. Jeanette was also a Thai massage therapist and she's like, I'll train you and teach you. Probably because I think she wanted me to work on her uh -huh, <laughs> often. Uh -huh. And I was like, that's a great way to learn. Right, exactly. <laughs> it's so interesting, that process, because it's typically like, oh, well, I'll do a yoga teacher training. And then all of these other things kind of happened. Mm -hmm. And it's like you kind of went in reverse of all of it. And like, oh, I guess I'll do the yoga training now, too. Well, because I was like, well, now I'm ready to do yoga training because I really want to know what I'm doing as I'm moving my body with the breath. And I didn't have any knowledge. You know, I was experiencing certain... Um, will call side effects of yoga mm -hmm. um, that Ayurveda speaks more of because when I was doing these yoga poses throughout my many months, like I started increasing a lot of energy and working with Kundalini energy, which I didn't know that was necessarily the energy then. Uh -huh. It was just like, I'm aware of something changing over and I was eating food, not consciously making a choice that that's the thing I'm going to eat. Like, I stopped eating meat. I stopped eating treats and, and sweets and pastries. Like something cleaned up without me saying, I'm going on a vegetarian diet now. Like, <laughs> I didn't, there was no, it was it just, just all of a sudden, like here I am increasing this yoga practice and I was increasing such an incredible energy in my nervous system that and Jeanette again pointed out to me, you're revving up too much. You either need to find a teacher or you need to stop because you're going to really create imbalances in your nervous system. Because I was feeling it. I was sleeping three hours a night. I wasn't tired, mm -hmm. but I was like, let's go. Let's go. I'm ready to go. And it was like such a heightened energy and my sex drive just blew up more so. Mm -hmm. And she's like, you need to calm all that down. <laughs> <laughs> and so I calmed it down. I started a meditation course at the Himalayan Institute. And so... I paused with the yoga only when I came back, to, when I came to Philly, it made sense that I was like, I want to join a yoga teacher training program. And then even when I joined Yoga Main, um, it was sort of coincidental because I was with my ex and he had gotten sick a couple of times during the year. And as a sort of sign of gratitude, he saw that I wanted to see Ramdas, who was coming to Philly that, that one October. And so he gifted me a ticket to go. Nice. But prior to that, many months I would drive with him past Maniunk. I'm like, oh, that's a cute little town. I want to check it out sometime. Uh huh. Ramdas happened at the Tin Angel. I see a flyer for Yoga on Main that happened to be in Maniunk. <laughs> and I was like, okay, there it is. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then I 
joined this, the, the fundamental class and my teacher, Anna, Anna Crane, uh-huh. she's like, why are you taking my class? She's like, you've been doing yoga for a number of years. I was like, because I don't know the yoga. Like I'm practicing it based on what I'm remembering and exploring it in my body, but I'm not an expert at this. I don't even know the names. Like I'm still a student mm-hmm. until I can understand it. So then after a couple of months, she's like, now you're ready to go. She's like, you can go to teacher training. You're good. You've been with me for a couple of months. You're great. I was like, all right. And I stayed with her until she wasn't teaching there anymore. Uh-huh. And then I took the yoga teacher training. And then a couple of months in, that's when I found Ayurveda. And it really pulled together everything else that I had been learning with the holistic models that were, that were just there. And it really put it into a certain context of understanding like, oh, these are like spices, not all spices get used for each person. I get to decide based on understanding the person which one's appropriate at any given time, knowing the, the core foundational principles of Ayurveda and why it works this way. Mm-hmm. Um, so it actually makes more sense from a scientific standpoint. Um, and then it just kept evolving. And then, you know, at that point when I first started with Ayurveda, there was no like schooling that supported getting any kind of doctor recognition in the U.S. It was either you go to India, become a medical doctor based on the Ayurvedic medical standards, or you, you just were practicing the basics of Ayurveda in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, and even to today, like, there's a whole sort of subsystem of Ayurveda created in the U.S. that's very different from the actual model of Ayurveda in India. Uh-huh. So it doesn't translate the same. And it actually it's lost in translation for a lot of different reasons. Um, so I, it's the same thing. I kept studying Ayurveda and kept studying. And over a sudden, getting a master's became an option. So I had gotten the master's. And then the option to um, obtain recognition as a doctor based on American standards became an option. And then it was sort of like, here's the next thing. Whenever I was like, what's next? I don't know. I can't go to India. It's not practical. And it just kept building. And then in all that, like everything else just kept expanding. So cranial sacral got added into it too, because mm-hmm. it's another system that really works nicely in so many ways. And so it just built my arsenal of like how I can help people because whether I was doing social work or becoming planning on becoming a clinical psychologist or working in holistic healthcare, the primary intention is to really help people and the more I know the more I feel like I can actually support other people and really achieving a higher sense of well-being within their own Mm well-being and really this is the theme that's been going on for me for the past couple of weeks is how to help other people find their sense of joy Um, and what have you discovered in that because I I I, I tried that Um, you know I feel I've been saying to and it may sound weird, but I don't care anymore. Um, I feel I've been put on this planet to help wake people up, to awaken the sleeping souls. Mm-hmm. And in this process, no one knows what they want to do. No one knows really how to find joy. So tell me, what, what have you discovered in this, in, this, <laughs> in this looking? Do you have any tips and tricks? Because I found that it's really hard that people are just like, I don't have enough time. To figure out what I want to do, mm-hmm. and that saddens me because I'm like, well, but, but it's yourself you're talking about. It's not like I don't have time to take the laundry to mm-hmm. do the laundry. What do you want to do? Like, give yourself that gift of time mm-hmm. and and sit with yourself and try to ask what what might you want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just talking to Kate. Brent and our, mm-hmm. our mutual friend. I love her. Yeah, I love her too. Kate's great. So every couple of weeks, Kate is you know makes an appearance on the podcast just so we can talk about random things. Mm-hmm. And that kind of came up today. And at the end of the episode, it was like, okay, everyone, if you're listening, your homework assignment is ask yourself Fun if money just like mm-hmm. not if I won the lottery. Money just doesn't exist at all. Mm-hmm. You can do anything. What would you do? Mm-hmm. And start playing that game. And then, you know moving the pieces around and seeing where you can go from there and you don't have to just go and quit your job mm-hmm. but maybe instead of binging the latest netflix show you give yourself two hours instead of binging every night and start you know making the way but i find it hard for us silly humans to actually 
move into that space of, oh, this brings joy into my life. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing. I feel like, you know, I mean, so there's many le- levels to it. It's why don't we create the space for ourselves to really get more intimate with ourselves? You know, it's like that's one piece. And then if we're not even sure of that place for whatever reason, then why don't we look at the people that surround us as reflections of that? Because on some level, the people that surround us will always sort of mirror to us like an aspect of our own being, whether it's like the happier side of us or the not so happy side of us. And I think somehow we live in a society that's so like inebriated. And or, you know, maybe even like anesthetized mm-hmm. and disconnected. And, you know, and with the current technologies, it's like it's easier to get lost in the technology of that actual electronic device where we're forgetting like, oh, there are other people in this room that I could say hi to and good morning to, mm-hmm. you know, versus like, let's check Facebook and see who's alive. And then we get that quick, you know, and in current scientific research is showing like how dopamine is responding and responsible for this connection to this addictive process of technology mm-hmm. right and so we're sort of drugging ourselves without knowing and that's sort of creating that sort of um that sort of inertia in our in our consciousness because we can't it's like dullness you can't mm-hmm. get out of it so it's like but if you start to see that for yourself or even if someone has a question of like what's what's going on for me in this present moment what do, what do i need to be responsible for it really shifts the perspective from it's their fault and it's that thing and it's that responsibility of that person to like oh i'm responsible for how i create my day and how i react or act or respond to anything at any given point throughout my day mm-hmm. and not necessarily to personalize it and also personalize it where you check in with yourself say how do i feel about this and you know, if we really find our own uniqueness and expressions of our own selves, then, and we create space for that, then there's no need automatically to compare ourselves to what other people are doing. Like, and this, I think, is like a daily practice for all of us because we might be feeling great today, tomorrow we wake up and something just shifted in our minds and that day, nothing's changed except for how we view that day. And all of a sudden it's like, this day sucks. I hate this. What happened? And it's like, oh, that's great that this is happening today. And how can I work through it? How can I be present with it? Right. You know, we're, we're in a culture where we're like, how do I fix things? Mm-hmm. Versus like, how do I hold space for it? How do I hold, hold a sense of presence with it? We're always trying to fix or get, and that fixing is like, how do I get rid of this? I don't like this feeling. Mm-hmm. I want to feel good. So what's the nearest thing outside of myself that can help me feel good? Right. And if you're operating from that place, you're going to perpetuate, I feel, that domino effect of, and that's how, of getting lost. But if you're in a more conscious place going, wow, I'm kind of feeling down and upset or angry or alone or, you know, not feeling joyful in this moment, then I can say, huh, well, what would make me have a sense of joy today? Like you're having a choice to, and that sort of pause that's like, I like to watch, I don't know, what do I binge watch sometimes? Depends. Like if it's a new series, like I was watching Pose, I've been, I binge watched Pose, which is amazing. It made me cry in every episode, but it brought me joy to watch that. Mm-hmm. And it was really connecting in a way. And it wasn't like disconnecting unconsciousness. Like I have no idea. And I just want to numb out from the world. It was like, okay, I've felt this intensity and now I can put this thing that gives me some sense of joy. And I think joy morphs itself every day and there's a way to find some aspect of joy more often than not but i think one of the things that's been harmful with like the spiritual movement in this country mm-hmm. is a lot of spiritual bypassing and a lot of um smoke being blown of what perfect spiritual awakening looks like and this ecstatic elated field of you know pure consciousness is only rainbows and <laughs> like I think that negates and if anyone is professing that then you're actually discounting the human experience and that means therefore you're not actually integrated 
Right, right. My, <laughs> my friend literally this morning sent me this beautiful meme that just said, you know you're in a spirit, you know you're awakening if, oh, where is it? But it lists all of the things that you wouldn't think of that would be happening in a spiritual awakening. It's, it's so great. Um, it's life shattering. Awakening <laughs> symptoms, initial initial stages of awakening symptoms: anger, cynicism, hopelessness, depression, and isolation, anxiety, anxiety. and fear, the lack of direction, like, and lack fuck? of purpose. What the fuck is all that's this? the real feeling when you're actually waking up. That's, that, the that's thing. it. No it's fucking true. butterflies and fairy dust floating around no, here. It's like you're gonna. Oh, you're feeling angry. So you just close your eyes, visualize this ball of anger. You're going to breathe it in and breathe out Shanti. And it's going to translate <laughs> into the mystical cosmic. <laughs> like, it's all bullshit. Like, I get bored with all that. Like, I'm like, that's not real. Right. Like, feel the anger. Because it's an energy. Like, and this is the cliche statement. It's like, emotions are energy in motion. It's a simple statement. And it's very true. Mm-hmm. It's the stories that we attach to those emotions that create a perpetual suffering around it. And we get caught in that place. And sometimes, and if, you know, and the thing is like, like teachers, like Jeff Foster, he's like, so you're caught up in that place. Then be there. Like, can you be authentically fully in that immersed feeling of whatever it is? If you're feeling dismal, being a dismal, like, why are you trying, oh, I want to think about positive thoughts today. No, you're feeling dismal. It's part of the human experience. As long as you're in a human body and you're breathing to your last breath, everything that's on the plane of consciousness, which includes being in a human body, if it's chosen to be in a human body, all things that come with being a human body, which is emotions too. And it's like using our internal, we'll say mental faculties and higher faculties within ourselves to gauge like is this storytelling time or is this just a sense of holding space for this mm-hmm. and it's a tedious process sometimes. it is <laughs> i think um because this came up in a conversation earlier that um in going into that let's say you're feeling dismal and going into that space of like yeah this is fuck this is the way i feel there also needs to be a time where you pull yourself out mm-hmm. as well. You can't just say, I'm feeling all the feels and mm-hmm. sit in the feels forever. Because mm-hmm. then it's also shifting in that in the same kind of, you know, mm-hmm. ultra positive to the same kind of, oh, no, I'm just feeling, all, okay, you're, I get it. Mm-hmm. And I love it that you're feeling the feels. Mm-hmm. But now it's time to kind of do a little work to pull out recognize if you're feeling the feels i think it also you then need to start recognizing and asking yourself the questions why am i mm-hmm. feeling like what's this what's here yeah what is causing this that's true and and the, and the thing is it's that subtle impulse that says okay enough i need something else so that means that that inner we'll call it inner wisdom said now it's enough and i need some support around this mm-hmm. and then there's no coincidence when even that happens because that means like now it's time for this. And yes, there are some people that I think are perpetually going into that downward spiral. And, you know, to some degree, our response is like, oh, I can help fix you. You're just depressed all the time. So that, 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 whatever story we attach to it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, why do we feel the need to impose? Like we, we want to care. Sometimes caring just means holding the space for like, wow, you're feeling really depressed right now versus like, oh, I'm so sorry. I know what's going to make you feel better. Do you really? Right. Well, hold on. Did I ask you yet? No. Mm-hmm. If you and if you ask me like, hey, can I make a suggestion? And I'm open to it. It gives me still the capacity to say yes or no. Not automatic. Like we're doing an intervention. We're going to fix this problem because we're uncomfortable in seeing you feel this feeling. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, why are you projecting? Right. <laughs> like you're in your space. I'm in my space. We're holding space together. And maybe I'm not in the best headspace. How can you hold me in that space for now? And supporting each other from, from, I think, that different angle versus, like, you're falling into some psychological pathology that needs to be addressed. You need to see a therapist. You need medication. Like, you'll know what feels true when it's when you know it feels true. Right. Like, you'll know it when you know it. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. And we've all had moments of, like, we're stuck. And I had to go through, through that stuck... Stuckedness mm-hmm. <laughs> until I wasn't. 
And when I start recognizing like I'm getting into this place of like, ah, I might be stuck here. I then know I'm going to reach out to some people to be like, hey, I'm kind of feeling this right now. Can you support me or whatever it is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's an, an interesting thing the human mind i i'm i'm now i don't I'm, i don't know if you know i'm on this journey of becoming a life coach yeah, yeah um, you mentioned and one of the things that i found to be really interesting um so it's through it's through journey coaching and they have a podcast called the catalyst life coaching podcast and it's great because mm-hmm, it's like mm-hmm. these little little episodes and the one they were talking about like loneliness mm-hmm. and when you start to feel lonely, it's kind of like your body saying, hey, maybe you should go outside. Mm-hmm. Maybe you should connect with people because we are tribal people. We're mm-hmm. meant to be around people. And when I heard that, I'm like, huh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Who would have thought that when I get lonely, it's really my body saying, you should probably try to put yourself around other people, not crawl under a blanket. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know, but the question would be for me, it's like I have moments of loneliness. And so each day or each time that that happens in any particular day, I'm like, what's, what is it here that I, I need to feel within this loneliness? Mm-hmm. What's true about it? Um, what do I need to put in place if I need to put anything in place? And even staying home under the blanket might be like, this is what I'm putting in place today. I'm going to experience that moment of non-movement until there's movement. Sometimes... I might just collapse on the floor in the middle of my living room and after my dog's licked my head a few times, I'm just on the floor and I'm like, I don't even know what to do. And I'm going to stay on this floor, however long that is, until there is a movement that needs to happen. Mm -hmm. And the more I surrender to that, which doesn't make sense because I'm always a person that's doing stuff, and all of a sudden not doing and completely just going, I'm just going to be on the floor. No TV on, no phone next to me, no distractions, just really in this feeling of full surrender at some point I feel like all right I think I'm gonna go eat now or I'm gonna go to the walk or Mm -hmm. I'm gonna call my friend like all of a sudden it just comes and then it's a sense of completion with that right I think it's it's kind of over the years I feel I've experienced it in a way of like sometimes you just feel like you're gonna cry cry right and you don't know but you know sometimes also being a man it's like you're not supposed to cry Mm -hmm. and then as i've you know have gotten wiser with years and i think i've always been good with with my tears Um, but i remember my mom saying you know sometimes you just need a good cry Mm -hmm. and like um there's a new show on amazon called modern love Oh, really? That's good. That's cool. <laughs> but it'll probably make you cry. I love that. Uh, but in such a good way. You know what I mean? It's not like, yeah. it's like a good punch in the heart. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's like, I've watched it and I was like, I got to the end and I'm like, oh my, I sent him, uh, my best friend a text and I'm like, ah, oh, dude, I just finished that. The, all eight episodes. I'm crying. (laughs) But not because it was bad. Like, it was like there were joyful things, there were sad things, but it was like all of it. And it's like you just feel it welling up inside, and you're like, yeah, I'm just, I'm just going to cry right now. And it's totally okay. But 20 years ago, like, I would have feel like, get that feeling of the, you know, the welling up and be like, no, I can like try to fight it and like push it down and be like, no, don't, you know, and thinking that that would be better. Mm -hmm. And now it's just like, oh, no, just just let let it it go. And and it might suck for, you know, depending on, you know, if it's all of those emotions, it might suck for that 10, 15, 20 minutes, maybe hour and a half, whatever. But afterwards... Well, right. You know what I mean? I just mean it's like that, like, kind of... Uh, or Anna, what's wrong with the sucky? Her, right. <laughs> right. It's like all the above. And I, I get it because, like, I didn't... Like, I think for many years, like, a long time ago, especially when I wasn't really connected directly to all my emotions and the expression of of it, except anger. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like... It was those rare occurrences when I was by myself as a guy watching some movie... And the right little thing would pull that heartstring and I'd start to like tear up a little bit. And I'm like, cool, at least I'm alone. No one needs to see it. And it's layered as a guy that's like having to recover from society saying, that's bad. 
so and now in different time you know in recent times which is different is like you know i was watching the movie um uh, star is born at the beginning of the year mm-hmm. and with my partner and we went to the movie theater and i had never seen any other versions of the movie so this was all brand new and i did not know what to expect Oh, same, was, same. And there were certain moments that I'm wearing my hoodie and it's over my head. And I was like, I'm just crying. And, I was, and he was like, he was like, like, oh, he's crying again. And I'm like, yes. Like, you know, he wasn't judging. He was just kind of funny. And I'm like, wow, I could actually be in a movie theater, slightly hidden in my hoodie. But still, I was like, I'm crying in a movie theater at these certain parts that really pulled on certain things. And, yeah. And I think it just touched the humanist in me certain themes touch past themes of mine and it's like all right i'm just gonna have it because that's 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 just an accomplishment for me mm-hmm. to be able to have those tears because sometimes there are moments that like i feel like i really want that good cry god damn it where is it why is it not coming right now fucking shit <laughs> and, ooh, sorry that's okay and, and so then i'm like all right and then you know a therapist that i've i work with that he's like why are you forcing that too? Let it just be natural. I'm like, okay, whatever, slow down. And it's always my mantra. I'm like, this is stupid. Mm-hmm. And so I just watched it even like, I'm going to acknowledge if it starts to well up again, that that's even success. And then if I really need it, I'll watch certain movies that I know will target that spot. Right. It'll and trigger. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like that or smelling an onion and <laughs> like whatever you need to do <laughs> to have that moment. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like you feel it. So it's like any of the things that come up, we attach to certain emotions more than others. And it's like instead of attaching, why not just be aware that they're all valid for our human experience? Mm-hmm. There are some days that I wake up with an impending sadness. I don't even know why. Like, oh, okay. Same. I, I think if you can figure out that why, you yeah, know, we'd be like, oh wow, I have the answer to everything. Right I think now. the why is different every time too. That's what might be confusing. So instead of mm-hmm. figuring out, so my imagery around it is like, huh, I'm feeling sad today. Nothing particularly caused it directly, and so I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, I'm gonna put that sadness in this little backpack on my back, and I'm just gonna carry it throughout my day, and just still do what I do, make my breakfast, see my clients and connect with friends and check in and go, oh, yeah, just sadness still in my backpack today versus like, what's wrong? I need to process this. I need to go fix this. I need to get rid of this. I don't like this feeling. Like, I'm like, oh, cool. Sadness is here today. Mm-hmm. And sometimes depression. I think maybe that's more of like a backpack that's been on my shoulders longer than I've experienced in a, in a, in a, in a aware place. Uh-huh. And I'm like, all right, there's some depression here. What is this from? Of course, it could be from all these other stories. And it's like, and it's emotion that needs to be expressed. It needs to have a, a place to hold it. So it's in my backpack. Sometimes it's with sadness. Sometimes it's not with sadness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Need some sage in that backpack. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I, there are days that like that are the same. Like I wake up and I'm just like, wait, I just woke up. Why am I sad? I was sleeping. Like, seriously, what happened in that dream state that made me wake up like this? Can we rewind to Bright Fell Asleep? That was really great. Right. Like, it, it, there are times that that just, that really trips me up because I'm like, what? Where did you come from? Go back there, please. Yeah. It's like, I don't want to feel it. I don't have time for you. Right? Yeah, I was happy last night. It's like, okay. And, you know, I think holding space for it as it comes up, as, you know, we're evolving through time and space, that there is an awareness of like, sure, there's a bigger part of me that's just experiencing this from that standpoint of like pure consciousness. And pure consciousness is inside choosing to experience a human form called Antonio. And this is what it's going to be like today. Mm-hmm. What it's going to be like in this moment. And, you know, maybe like a great intention for me is like, how do I find joy today? Like, where can I explore today where joy has come up? And can I find joy in even sadness? Mm-hmm. Like the joy of actually being able to express and experience sadness. Right. Because how many people don't have connections to emotions so I'm joyful and grateful that I can actually say I can feel certain emotions mm-hmm. and how far I want to go with it. Yes. <laughs> yes. So we can feel all of the feels. That's why we do most of these practices, right? To actually yeah. feel this human experience. And 
for as woo-woo as it sounds, I think that's why we really chose to incarnate into these meat suits that we're in to experience it. And mm-hmm. it's all, all of it. It's all, all of it. The good, the bad. As it, humans, this is, we're on this planet, and this is what is part of the design, basically. And, you know, how do you explore your own individual humanness for all of it? Or dogness. Right. <laughs> so so with that, because we've really dove into the into the woo of things. Is it really woo though? No, like, it's not. I just love it. I think I think I use woo as like my my safety kind of blanket. Well, woo is like, oh, I kind of feel like I'm feeling some emotions come up right now. So I need to sage the house and spritz with rose water and do a seance <laughs> to see if there are any spirits that need to like you know, maybe some crystals need to surround me. And so that might seem like woo too. Right. And then I, I kind of flip it and go, but when I was into like, I mean, I love saging and I feel like everything that's on this planet is designed to be medicinal mm-hmm. and improperly used, it could be poisonous. And that's also what Ayurveda talks about is like if something is overused, underused, misused, um, then those are the things that can lead towards sort of like deviation from the natural state of homeostasis Mm -hmm. and so if sometimes i'm like oh what do i know in my realm my world that might help me to lighten up you know the atmosphere a little bit i'll get some sage you know so if that person that's really heavily involved in their world of like the chakras and the saging and the spritzing and the you know uh, who am i to say that that's not a real experience for them right exactly like i don't know like if it's real for them like and it makes them feel joy or connection or sense of contentment then who am i to say like no that's wrong it's all fake nothing really exists anyway like right it's funny that that, that you say it that way because i had that experience last friday maybe I li- a friend sent me a podcast a really far out podcast about ascension and um that book right there the sacred flower of life you heard of that book? Mm-mm. It's super trippy, you know, <laughs> reptilians, overlords, all of that. Yes. All, all of that stuff. <laughs> so my friend sends me this podcast and I'm listening and Stella and I are walking through the woods and it's all about like this really heady stuff. And for some reason, I let it get to me. In this like, oh shit, there's fucking reptilian overlords that are trying to infiltrate the like... <laughs> Is this V? Like that to show V? Almost <laughs> like that, you know? And I really let it, you know, like kind of get in. And then I was talking to a friend and like synchronicities happened that just tripped me out. Because I truly believe that we create all of it. So like if I'm in this space of being freaked out, freaked out things are going to just happen. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened. And then a couple of days later, I'm like, I, I don't, I don't care. I don't care what you believe. It's not what I believe. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because it was talking about like, um, what is his name? Archangel Michael being like infiltrated. He's a angel. Right. But apparently, you know, according <laughs> to this podcast, he's been infiltrated to help keep people on a certain vibration. Okay. So they can't. Yeah. He's guarding the planet. Yeah. But keeping us in this like kind of here and... I'm like, I don't care if you like him because he, he means nothing to me. Mm-hmm. So do what you need to do. But for like a day, it was really tripping me out because I'm like, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Is this reptilian overlord now yeah, infiltrated yeah. Archangel Michael? And is he now in my world? He's going to be upset at you. All of it. And I'm like, <laughs> wait a minute. None of this is real to me because yeah. I get to say what's real in yeah. my reality. Yeah. And I don't have to play that game. Yep. So, yeah, like you want to burn all of the sage and do all the things and have all of the crystals. Great. If it works for you, who am I to say that it's wrong? Mm-hmm. Do it. Might yeah. not work for me. I like candles with Jesus on them. Yeah. I love Jesus. He's fun. <laughs> and I mean, that's the thing. It's like what in this world from our personal relationship and experience of it is the thing that allows us to experience our humanness through that expression. Like that's... Mm-hmm no one can really take that away from us or impose anything else on us, you know? And maybe it seems easier when someone's not sure where they're at in the reality of this. So when someone's like, oh, you should go to yoga class and start wearing malas, then 
maybe a person might say, oh yeah, maybe I'll do that. Mm -hmm. And like, it's like you're following really all this to come inward anyway. And so it's like you get to experience yourself in this world in your way. Right. And hopefully with the least amount of harm to some degree mm -hmm. um, to yourself and others in, in, in the process. That's sort of like a, a nice intention, I guess. But, you know, we all, I think, on some level do things that still harm us mm -hmm. today. It might not be the thing that we did five years ago, ten years ago. But, you know, and maybe who's to, who's to say that that thing of harm isn't also part of the portal inward? Right. Like it's, it's actually you're just looking at it as an expression of a gate to express yourself mm -hmm. versus like, this is bad and that's bad. You know, when clients come in and they're like, I smoke cigarettes, you're probably going to tell me not to smoke cigarettes. And I'm like, why would I tell you not to smoke cigarettes when you already know not to smoke cigarettes? There's, there's no <laughs> point in re me repeating something you don't know. <laughs> right. Like, we're going to support you and supporting yourself in a way that's more sort of central beneath the cigarettes because there's nothing bad about cigarettes there's nothing bad about any of the things that we use as vices it's how we choose and why we choose those things it's and it still comes back to us and it's usually because there's something we're not feeling that we want to feel and we think we can feel with that thing exactly. or there's something that we don't want to feel so we're going to use that thing to not feel mm -hmm. so again it all comes back to how we're looking at it and how we're questioning it and how we're integrating it really and it it really i mean we i think you know having a practice will then help you lead to those things how you were saying when you first started this you started noticing like oh i'm not eating mm -hmm. meat anymore i'm not having all of these cupcakes i'm not doing all of these things and they just kind of it just starts happening it starts because happening. of the, the practice and the same thing like i joke around like i smoked weed for like 20 years all the time mm -hmm. and it was great and then all of a sudden I was like, hmm, I don't think I, I need this and not in this quantity mm -hmm. anymore. Mm -hmm. And then by letting it go, it brought me more inward. But it's almost as if I had to take that 20 year journey mm -hmm. with the plant to get to where I am today mm -hmm. because I learned a lot along the way. And now it's just like, oh, right. I just pulled the curtains open now. For me. And that's, like, and that's, that's the reality. That's right? my, yeah. Because <laughs> that's exactly what happened up until this moment. So that's exactly where you're at because of all this. Right. You know? And who's to say that maybe in two years you might not smoke weed again. Oh. But when you do, it's a different, it's a different, like, identification to it. Exactly. Like, I think. It's sort of like, you know, like, I was strict vegetarian for, like, 14, 15 years. And then certain health challenges occur that I had to sit with um, that was partly attached to like identity is like I'm vegetarian and you know my Ayurvedic doctor she was like well you can't really do much of your spiritual work in this world to the capacity that you're doing it now if you don't have some meat added to your diet as a medicine to support boosting your system strong enough again to do that work again and I was like let me sit on this for like a day and then I sat on it and then the next day I was like she's right and then I included it um, but part of my identity was I'm vegetarian and I'm a yogi and so we don't do these things mm -hmm. and we're not supposed to do these things these are all bad and all wrong and then it's like no now I've just created another version of dogma right and you know and so now it's like when someone's like what do you eat now and I'm like well in this present moment this is what it looks like and it's like in alignment with a certain level of consciousness I don't just eat things to just eat things and I right. don't just stuff things down. I'm like, Oh, I do want that chicken cheesesteak today. Or no, I kind of want to eat vegetarian, but the next week, like, like it's more fluid. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it is being engaged to like, how am I feeling in my mind and how am I experiencing in my body, my body? You know? And then I kind of go accordingly to that centralized place versus like, you're supposed to be doing this cause you're a yoga person. And I'm like, what makes you think it's not yoga? Right. <laughs> right. Because really makes, it is all the, yoga. The thing that makes you think that it's not yoga is the thing that's anti-yoga. And, you know, and, and there's there's our truth to like understanding what the word yoga even means. And to some degree, what does it actually mean? Because it's, you know, who said that that's the meaning of the word? But that's a whole different discussion that uh, we can talk about. Right, right. I'm... But it's like the yoga is like about, you know, really being connected to yourself 
through self-awareness. Mm-hmm. And so if you're exploring throughout every breath, every moment, that that's the adventure. Yeah, it is the adventure. <laughs> it's this beautiful human life that, you know, we, we, we chose to be here in this beautiful space and figure it out. And that's like a great place to find the joy. How about how we just wrap that right, right back around? <laughs> just the joy of being human because mm-hmm. we do get to experience all of these things. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the abundance. Yeah. And I think if we're more connected to that and least connected to like objects that are supposedly the thing that gives us the fullest experience of life, then we can have more of an expression of life versus being restricted to that one thing. Mm-hmm. It's like any addict. It's like if you're stuck on that one, like I have to have my heroin every day, that's what gives me joy. You've not only lost truth to yourself to some degree, even though that's your medicine. Mm-hmm. That heroin addict, that's the medicine for that person who's experiencing whatever they're experiencing. That's their only connection to life, which is that heroin or the meth or the sex or the drinking or chocolate. Like all of it is like they're trying to connect to some part of life still Mm -hmm. and how do we know that because they haven't given up they haven't died yet they're just trying to figure it out like the rest of us yeah and you know how do we support each other in that process so and then when you've connected to that and every day it's like okay how else can i experience more of this but if you're stuck in that one that's the thing you're not seeing the people around you you're not seeing like the sun or the clouds or the rain or the thunderstorms like because you're sort of myopic about it. Mm-hmm. And that's when the mind is really becoming consumptive. But I guess from the standpoint of total consciousness, that's still an expression of consciousness. <laughs> right. I mean, it all is. All of it. And we need all of it. It's just figuring, finding the balance mm-hmm. within it to maintain. I was talking to someone earlier today and she said some things. And I was like, you have to remember that, that you're human. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. all okay. You know, like you're a human. I'm you're a human. human. We're going to experience the highs and the lows and it's finding out how to kind of mm-hmm. just cruise on that wave mm-hmm. and, and, and be okay with it. And knowing that we might be down on the bottom of the wave some days mm-hmm. and some days we're just kind of, we're just, to, we're totally riding that wave. We got it. Like we are whatever a a surf terminology would be. I have no idea because I'm afraid of the water. Um, (laughs) I'm like, I will go only as far as I can almost not touch the ground at any given point. Maybe a little bit past that as long as there aren't any riptides. Uh Exactly. exactly. (laughs) Then I'm like, okay, I'm done. You drop me in the ocean, I'm dead. (laughs) Yeah, same, 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 same. But, you know, so I think it's just, part I think what I do with people that I work with is that understanding of like where what are you coming in with and who are you in the context of knowing sure very important principles of Ayurveda and everything else that I've learned but how is this working within your story for you mm-hmm. versus like this is what it's supposed to be because who said this is the pure template for you right and I don't know I think I find more people more open to working with me because of that versus like you're supposed to meet this, 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 this as an expectation mm-hmm. versus like, where are you at today? Like, I, we don't have enough of that, I think, in our society. And at the same time, like, I am a little, there is some tough love, like, no, no, you need to not eat this thing for the next few weeks because you're having this thing going on and this is the cause and this is the effect. We can't escape cause and effect. Mm-hmm. If we did, there'd be no, you know, karma as we know it and we wouldn't keep coming back <laughs> right so it, it's it's funny i joke around with some people and i'm like do i need to be the meditation police this week for you like do i need to you know if you're telling me you want to meditate more mm-hmm. then is that what you're doing you're calling in now the meditation police so in the morning i send you a message and say did did you breathe today mm-hmm. did you actually focus on your breath because i'll do that mm-hmm. and then other times i'm just yeah i'm here and i will be your cheerleader mm-hmm. and i will cheer you on in whatever way but yeah, it's both. Like you have mm-hmm. to again, it's all comes back to the to the balance and meeting your client where they are with giving them what they need to to best help them live this life. And I think the only way to really sort of like pass the candle light onto someone else is ooh, by you doing it yourself. Mm-hmm. Like I think you know, still uh, you know, a person can only go as far as 
they can go, and you can only take a, p- a person as far as you have gone. Yes. And then that's why, like, you know, we'll say that there are levels, and the next level is another teacher that shows up at mm-hmm. that place. Um, I'm on it. Sorry. <laughs> yes. That's great. Yeah. I, it's like, um, you know, if you want, I said this uh, a, a couple of weeks ago. If you want someone to come to Christ, act Christ-like. Mm-hmm. If you want someone to be Buddhist, act act like Buddha. Mm-hmm. Same, you know, Krishna, act like that. You know, mm-hmm. you be it. You be that expression. And just allow the people that are connected to that, you know, that will automatically connect to that energy and be like, oh, I really like that energy that Antonio is putting out. I mm-hmm. wonder what he's doing. And I find that people come up to me and be like, hey, why are you smiling? Why are you doing what you're doing? Not that I'm going out and be like, you should do all of this that I'm doing. Like, yeah. no, evangelizing yeah. people. That doesn't work. It doesn't serve us. At all. <laughs> no, just be your most authentic self. And people will be drawn to that and be like, what are you, what are you, where are you getting that bag of joy? Mm-hmm. I know you had some sadness in that backpack. Mm-hmm. But what do you got in that fanny pack? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's like, I might be like, hey, I could be crazy and weird because I think one of the things that I've challenged myself in the past couple of years, it's still an ongoing process for me, is how can I explore being weird, mm-hmm. right? And I might be worried in making people laugh, but I also know at the, it's simultaneous. I can hold the space for both. I still have this backpack where I'm feeling a little sad. There's nothing to do about it because it's not shifting or hasn't shifted the way people think it should like any of that story connect it's like there's a sadness here but i like to do this thing mm-hmm. and if there's no sadness today and i still like to do this thing right. like it's still happening simultaneously versus one or the other mm-hmm. um and i think it just it's just more fun and more fluid that way it's not always the easiest but you know like so what right right exactly so what and sometimes it makes other people uncomfortable and i remember asking a a dear friend of mine this summer i said you know because i'm part of the gay community and various communities within the gay community and i was like you know observing some of the 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 guys in the group that i wanted to connect more with and hang out more with because there seems to be like some clicky stuff going on and not that i subscribe to clicks really because i don't really about clicks but i was like oh i kind of want to hang out with these guys some more and i wasn't able to squeeze in and so my really good friend said um he's like well you know it's a couple things about you and i trust him so i know you're saying it from a loving place and you know he's my friend he's part of my non-click clicky friendships (laughs) and he was like well first of all he's like you're kind of weird and quirky and people don't really know how to deal with that they don't understand that or makes them uncomfortable and i'm like hmm that's interesting I'm like, okay. And then the second part of it was like, and he's like, you kind of like to go deep about things in life and people don't want to go that deep. And so that makes them uncomfortable too. Mm. And I'm like, oh, that's an, all right. (laughs) So (laughs) how do I deal with that? I was like, well, then I accept that if I'm going to hang out with them at some group function, um, that either I can just be like, I'm just going to be in my own inner world and just connect lightly with these people because I don't want to create separation from them. Because mm-hmm. um, I think what happens in cases across the globe is that in spite of how like separated we might seem from each other for whatever reason, when there is some sort of human catastrophe, and this reminds me of like 9-11, and even like when the, the uh, flooding happened in the shore several years ago, people forget their own stories mm-hmm. and actually show up as people. And there's like a sense of connection, like, oh yeah. Like some, like some it veil. It brings out our humanness. Yeah, like some veil just goes, yes, this person's in suffering and I need to show up right now. And it's not what, what I'm dealing with in my story of the confines of the four walls of my head don't really matter right now. Mm-hmm. And I think if we remember that more often than not regularly, we might actually be able to connect a little bit more with each other. But sometimes what happens is that after these catastrophes, we go back to our, like, in my phone, in my home, in my loneliness, and my da-da-da-da, and we forget until some... Like, I think consciousness tries to wake us up that way, going, hey, you guys mm-hmm. are next-door neighbors, why aren't you talking? Yeah. Why is it taking the, the power outage for three days to share candles and food? Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, we come together. And so I think when it comes back to, like, us and exploring that, I feel like we're given opportunities. So how do we how do we see it? Are we ready to see it? Are we open to seeing it? And how do we explore it? Yeah. 
Yeah, so it's it's tricky. It is tricky. This conversation flew. That was so like so much in an hour right there. Wow. So I don't even know if we really talked touched on much about Ayurveda and all this stuff. I mean, we we did. It's the science of life. Um, where can everyone find you? Okay. Um, so I have a website. It's still point. Ayurveda, so S-T-I-L-L-P-O-I-N-T-A-Y-U-R-V-E-D-A.com. Um, I have my practice in Mount Airy, and um, I'm always taking in new clients, and it, it becomes an adventure with each person. In fact, the initial email that goes out to everyone is, this is going to be a journey for us. You're coming in with ulcerative colitis, or Crohn's disease, or HIV, or PTSD, and it's like, cool. I will meet you exactly where you're at at any given point in time. We're going on this journey together. And to some degree, I am helping steering the ship enough to help you feel a sense of like well-being in yourself. Mm-hmm. So that's your overall intention. It's not like it's all on me to help you fix things. It's, it's on me to help support you in finding ways to help yourself to feel better within yourself. And what that means for you. Like, where is your your level of happiness? Where is your joy? How are you connected to life? Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's individualized. And in that, with the Ayurveda, it includes the massage therapies and the different oil treatments. Like, there's so many um, pieces to the picture. Uh-huh. I think it's individually tailored to each person as what's needed in that moment. That's and awesome. It's fun. And I definitely get to talk about food and poop a lot. So. Ah, yeah, it's food and poop, food and poop. You want your poop to float, Input, right? Output. <laughs> so. oh, this was great. Thank you so much for uh, taking the time to come hang out and have some tea and get a little woo-woo with us. I appreciate it. Um, I will be sure to link all of your things up in the, the, the show notes okay. so people can find you. Are you on any of the social platforms that I'm people on- can come follow along? Facebook and Instagram mainly. Yeah, it's the same. Still Point Ayurveda. Yes. Awesome. Uh, uh, yeah, Facebook is Still Point Ayurveda. There's a group and then a regular page, and then they can find me under Antonio Aragon as my main page. And the Instagram is under Vishnu Om. Um, and so they can find me that way, and through friends and awesome. family and loved ones <laughs> everywhere. Awesome. I'm around. I've been around Philly for a while. <laughs> you're that philadelphia go get yourself and I love checked what out I, do, and I love helping people and it's it's just great uh, awesome thank you again i really appreciate you uh taking the time to come over tonight and thank you all for listening 